0: Now it's word time. It's word time. And I'm going to do my very best on the heels of um, Eli and what he just shared to really stimulate something on the inside of you. You know, Pastor Barb challenged our church uh, a week ago or so about, um, you know, that we're doing great in all these different areas in in church, uh, the church world, right? And so they monitor all of this. But the thing that... um, that we were lacking in were souls, witnessing and souls. And sometimes you can really start to get a little self-centered. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And it's just all about me and my family and my life and Jesus and he's awesome. And I go to the best church. I have the best pastor in the whole wide world. And, you know, you're just like on fire, right? But once upon a time, you weren't that person. You weren't that person. And so I'm going to try to do my best tonight. Well, I never try anymore. Praise the Lord. Trying doesn't work, gives me an excuse to get out of it. But I'm committed tonight to stir up this incredible witness that's on the inside of you. I mean, like, by the time we're done tonight, I hope that you're so fired up about talking and about being this example for others to witness. And it's not always, oh, you know, let me bring my Bible out. Let me have a, you know, little, you know, thing. No, sometimes it's just being uh, listening, hearing what's going on, being the observer for what's really happening, and being available for God to use you. And when I talk about use you, I'm not just talking about, like I said, witnessing. Peter walked through the city doing his own thing, going probably to minister to people. And his shadow, his shadow, minding his own business, probably going to Starbucks, praise the Lord. Need to get a little shot of the juice, you know, before he he went out there and ministered that day. And he's just walking through, and he's not really aware of what's happening around him and how he's shifting the atmosphere. And I want to awaken that in you tonight. I want you to realize that there's something so powerful on the inside of you and the people right here in your backyard, the people that you work with, the mission field, I'm telling you, it used to be great because America, I mean, was on fire for Jesus, man. There was a time where I was like, man, it can't get any better than this. This is incredible. But now the church has been lulled to sleep more and more and more. Sleeping, on the job, isn't thinking about that person next to them. And, you know, we're, we're living in a bubble right now in this age. You know, if we went back 100 years ago, man, there wasn't all this prosperity. There wasn't all this, you know, abundance. And most of us in this room been born, well, all of us in this room been born into abundance. But we don't realize this, man, there's also going to come another time when things aren't going to be so good. And I'm talking about on this earth. I pray to God that all of us are raptured in that time and we get to escape all of that. But there also will be a remnant that will be left here that will have to continue to minister to all those heathens out there suffering. And so sometimes we can get so caught up in how life is. You know, I got just enough of this, and I got just enough of that, and, you know, life is comfortable for me and all that. I'm going to shake all that up tonight. I'm going to shake it all up because somebody somewhere shook up the person that went to you. Someone shook them up. Could have been a service like tonight. Just shook them up. And all of a sudden their attention started to go towards you. Sometimes just praying for people. I love what you said, Eli. There was a constant prayer happening for what was going to happen in these services. you got to get in prayer. you got to understand that if you're praying for that lost soul, that God in heaven is hearing that prayer. And if you pray for anything, the Bible says, he will do it. He'll lead that person to a place, man, that it, they've got to give their life to Christ. Let me open with, a few, uh, with, with the opening scripture here. The fruit of the righteousness is the tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. You got to get this tonight by revelation. You got to get this by revelation. You are a spirit that lives in a body. And you have a soul, which is your mind, will, and your emotions that is either going to choose the things of the Spirit or the things of the flesh. And those who will win the souls of people to Jesus Christ, they are wise. Now listen, listen to what a soul is. Because if you're going to go out into that field, you want to win the soul of that person. You're not going to win their flesh. <laughs> Anybody here do stupid stuff today or this week? Praise the Lord. You ain't going to win, you ain't going to win the flesh. The flesh is weak, but the spirit, you know, the the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? Is weak, right? But it's this soul, it's it's this mind, this will, and this emotion that needs to be given over to Christ so that your spirit can bear witness with his spirit. So here's what a soul is: a soul is yourself, it's your life, it's a person, it's an appetite it's a mind, it's a living being, it's desire, it's emotion, it's passion. It goes on, and this is all out of Strong's Concordance. It says, that which breathes, the breathing substance or being, soul, the inner being of a person, a living being, living being with the life in the blood, seat of the appetites, seat of emotions and passions, activity of the mind, activity of the will, activity of the character. And so your soul has been given over to Christ. That means your mind, your will, your emotions, your passions, all of the things that you would, you would hold dear to your life, has been you've said, I'm no longer my own. And I give my life willingly to Jesus Christ. Now, some of you have been new in the kingdom. Some of you have been around for a really, really long time. Some of you are still on the fence, and you're just not sure what this is all about. But I'm telling you, the moment you can give your soul to the eternal King of kings and Lord of lords, I promise you, he's going to dwell in you. And the passions that you have will become his passions. The thoughts in your mind will become his thoughts. These feelings and emotions that are occurring will be the emotions behind this this righteous part of God that just goes, man, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win all these souls. I'm going to send my only begotten son to anybody who will believe in me. Man, they're never going to perish in this life or the life to come. I'm going to give them better promises. I'm going to tell them that they can ask me for anything in my name, I'll do it. I'm going to give them life, and I'm going to give them a life of more abundance in this life and in the life to come. This is the life that you've, you've won. This is the life that you've chosen to walk in. And if I chose to walk in this man alive and and I've had not a experience with God, but the experience with God, I'm going to want to go out and tell everybody I know that I have given my life to Jesus Christ, that I am a witness for him. And I'm going to lead them into all paths of truth. I'm going to challenge them where they are in their weakness and in their brokenness because I can identify with where they were. And I can also identify where where God has brought me in my life. In 3 John, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in everything and be in health just as your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your passions, and surrendering all of those things to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, I don't have to hide my light under a bushel any longer. I can be a witness for Christ. I have my neighbors. I have my, the, the people at the grocery store. I have family. I have coworkers. I have people that are suffering needlessly because they don't know the Jesus that I know. I promise you, if you had the cure for cancer, you'd go out and tell everybody you knew. Everybody, everywhere, there's nothing to be able to stop you. But yet the part of you that can cure cancer, by his stripes, you were healed. Somehow this gets lost. Somehow the passion to share what's happened in you has weaned and has gone cold. It's no longer me going out and people identifying with me as to who I am in Jesus Christ. It's all about my, my Facebook status and how I look to people online and how I look to my family and my coworkers and so on and so forth. What if they won't accept me for who I am in Jesus Christ? There's something so alive in you. The beauty of ministering to other people is it's not you who's going to do the work. It's not you. Don't fear the rejection. Don't fear the, oh, you know, uh, that's a really tough person, and I, I don't know if they would receive, you know, Christ as their Lord and Savior. Man, alive. Jesus won over. God won over Paul, the apostle. He was murdering Christians. Like, He was like, I'm proud of what I'm doing. And he really felt he was doing the right thing. He felt like he was defending God and saying, no, this Jesus guy is not the Messiah. Anybody that wants to do this, we're going to put terror in their hearts and their minds. And yet God stops him in his tracks, dead in his tracks, blinds the man, makes him mute, can't do nothing for himself, and transforms him into the greatest apostle that has ever been known. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. You must take up your cross and you must follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life, give up, that word life right there translates into soul. Look it up in your own concordance. If you give up your own soul for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul? You lose the part of yourself that needs to be liberated because the moment that soul is liberated is the moment you're liberated. And then you have this ability, this dunamis power that liberated you. And by the way, that's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. All of a sudden now you have a dunamis power that's alive in you. But if you never let that light so shine, if you never get out there, if you never seek first the kingdom of God and your right standing to be able to do that, then the things that he wants to add to you, which many of those things can be souls... For the kingdom of heaven, many of those things can be the new car you need and so on and so forth, whatever it is that you have need of. But I'm telling you, you will know Jesus' people by their fruit. And their fruit is not in how big of a house they live in, not how fancy of a car they drive, not how much money they have in the bank. No matter what they have in the natural, I promise you, honey, you ain't going to be able to bring a penny of that with you out of this life. But I promise you, in the day of judgment, those that you led to Christ, you are going to walk up, I mean holding arms together, and you're going to be able to say, you know what, Lord, I just did all that I could do. And you may not even see the crowd of people behind you. You may just be humbly casting all your crowns at at feet of Jesus and saying, I just did all I could. I don't know if it was good enough. I don't know if I met the standard that you wanted me to. And all of a sudden, he's going to look, tell you, look behind you. Look behind you, son. Look behind you, daughter. And you're going to look, and you're going to see people who gave their eternal life to Jesus Christ Because of your witness. I'm after all of your souls tonight. In a whole new way. A brand new way. A passionate way. I mean, as much passion as Jesus showed on that cross and everything that he did, that same passion's on the end. I mean, it's inside of you. It's there. It wants to bubble up. It wants to come out of you so naturally that I mean, it's just like, man, I don't know if I'm ministering or if I'm just at work or or if I'm just doing my own thing. Praise the Lord. God is using me mightily. Stir up that gift. Stir up that gift. The gift of Christ is the gift that's going to keep on giving to you over and over. This is the day of my salvation. Right now, yesterday's gone, man. I, I, can't, I can't even go back two seconds ago. But what has been on the forefront of my soul? My mind, my will, my emotions, my passions. Galatians 5, 16 through 25. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves, The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature or the soul desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit of God, you are not under obligation to the law anymore. It's not about the rules anymore. It's about the supernatural. So sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. You see, you've been liberated from that. And it's time to stop looking at that, that person the way you see them and start seeing that person as the way Jesus sees that person. He doesn't, I mean, he's not concerned whether they have anger. He's not considering uh, whether they, uh, they practice sorcery. He's not going to let that stop the dunamis power that raised him from the dead to touch that person right where they are and liberate them. But he's not going to do it any other way than through you. You are the vessel of God's glory in the earth. You need to get up with that mindset every single day that says, again, I don't know whether I'm coming or going, but praise the Lord, I am the vessel of God's glory. And all of a sudden, I, as much as Paul was stopped in his tracks from going and killing Christians, I can be stopped in my tracks in the middle of my job, in the middle of my day. All of a sudden, someone, somewhere captures my attention. That person doesn't even have to be in your presence. That person doesn't even have to be in your presence. All of a sudden, somebody, God, prick your heart and go, you know, I want you to pray for that person right now, right now, right now, right now. I don't know, you know, man, God, you know, like right now, like right now, man. (laughs) I don't hear the voice of God. Yes, you do. Quit telling yourself that. Yes, you do hear the voice of God. Yes, you are discerned. Yes, you do have the Spirit of God alive in you. Yes, you can operate in the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the anointing of God does rest on you. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Well, yeah, but I did this. I don't care. You're not under the law. You're not under all of that nonsense. Liberate yourself from that and begin to say, you know what? It wouldn't matter if I sinned and I knew it or I sinned and I didn't know it. There's going to be stuff, man, we get to heaven, God's going to be like, you didn't even know what you didn't know about what you didn't know about what you were doing. Seriously. So you got to get out of this sin consciousness, oh, I'm not qualified, you know, I have to leave it up to the pastors and elders and the leadership of the church. You are the leader in the kingdom of God. Well, I don't have any permission from anybody. You got the word of God. You don't need to go any higher than that. You, you don't. But you do got to go beyond what you're thinking. You do got to go beyond your soulish realm that you're operating from right now. And you got to raise the standard of that thing. Reignite that fire inside of you again that says, you know what? I'm going to be a witness for Jesus. Everybody say, I'm going to be a witness for Jesus. So let's go on here. It says that. All these people that do all these bad things, he says, "Let me tell you again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God you've got to see that person you got to see that they're not going to make it. they are not going to make it. I know, but how do I minister to them man she She does seances in her apartment, she you know all this stuff, and you know blah 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 blah, and you know, where do I start and, you start with, you know what, God, I'm going to start praying for that person. I'm going to start praying for an open door. I'm going to start praying for an opportunity, God, that I'm going to allow you to direct me and minister to that woman or to that young man. It says, but the Holy, Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self. Oh, that's right. Self-control. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and have crucified them there. Since we are, the, we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every single way of our lives. Wake up. Wake up. You may not, you know, when, when you wake up after a deep sleep, you know, somebody comes and wakes you up, right? You may not be at your best the first moment. Praise the Lord. It's all right. You're just coming awake. That's all. You're a little groggy. You, you, you know It's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to wake up, Lord, and it, you know, you're going to have a good day with Christ, maybe not so good day. But praise the Lord, you can thank Him for it anyway. Praise the Lord, you can start renewing your mind to the Word of God. Praise the Lord, I can continue to fight the good fight of faith, not the good fight of I, I hope things work out someday. I hope I someday can go on a missionary trip so I can minister to people. Listen, if you ain't ministering to people in your own backyard, you ain't got no business going over there. No business whatsoever. You need to get awakened right where you are. God, God wants to work with, with you and through you in miracles and signs and wonders. And I mean, but you've got to awaken to this thing. It's got to become like it said. You've got, you got to give your soul, you do, over to the passions for the things of Christ, the things of God. Like, I'm passionate about it. It's not like, well, you know, I got to do this and do that. And, oh, man, I got to get to church tonight. And, you know, you're doing it grudgingly or you're doing it out of necessity. The Bible says, don't do it that way. Be cheerful in your giving back to God, cheerfully giving back to Him. And as you sow, that shall you also reap in your life. As much as you need to, listen, at the end of the day, as much as that person needs you to minister to them, you need to minister to others for your own personal development, your own personal maturity, to get over the hump of that, to get over the block of that, to get over, like, I don't know what to say. You got to start with something. You know, a little baby, even when they're little, they they, they got to say something. They can go out and blah, 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 you know, and, oh, honey, what do you want, you know, and, Let me go get Jennifer, because she probably knows what you want better than I do. But I'm just saying, you gotta have that kind of willingness. You gotta be willing to put yourself out there a little bit, right? You gotta you gotta have that boldness on the inside of you that says, you know what? I am no longer my own. I have now remade, re upped, recontracted with the Son of God. And I'm going to develop passion in my own life. And my passion for the things of God will become the passion of others. Ephesians 4, uh, 11 through 16. Here's what you, you need to do. You need to get discipled. You need to get discipled. You need to allow godly leadership to come into your life and actually do what they're talking about under the jurisdiction of the Holy Spirit, under the jurisdiction of the position that God has given to these people. And I know, man, it's almost like you're, you're walking on eggshells talking to people about you got to be discipled. You got to be discipled. But you must be discipled. Here's what it says in Ephesians 4 11 through 16. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, the fivefold ministry. Their responsibility, and I'm talking about a very deep responsibility, they have to do it. They have to get out there and make this happen. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church and the body of Christ. This will continue to, until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of the Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Listen, Christ wasn't afraid to talk about who he was. He went to the highways, the byways. I mean, anybody would listen. Even people that didn't want to listen to him. He's just like, hey, listen, you're a bunch of hypocrites and you're leading people down a path of destruction, is what he told the leaders of the church. They did not want to hear that. Yeah, buddy. It says then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about with all the every little wind of new teaching and thing that's gonna come along. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, more and more and more and more and more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together absolutely perfectly in spite of your opinion about it. Praise the Lord. I had to throw that one in there. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Says, as each part, and you are that part, you are that disciple. As each part does its own specialized work, it helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Here's what I know. I stopped coming to church decades ago to get something from the church. And I decided, you know what? I'm coming to contribute something to the church. As a young man, I don't think I fully understood what I was doing. I really don't. But as I have matured, here's what I have learned. How many people, well, let's not say it that way. How many people know that there's people who have come to the church, they've left the church, and they've come back? Praise the Lord, right? If you've ever been in that position at this church or at another church, I can assure you of this, that when you walked in and you saw those faithful people still in the house of God doing what God had called them to do, I promise you that encouraged you. I promise you just the witness of that person still doing what God had called them to do not doing it so that you would notice that, but doing it because I'm a witness for Christ. I promise you that influenced you. I promise you you walked in and you thought, wow, that person's still here. Oh, my gosh. You know, like, it just amazes me. But year after year after year, there's people that will come and they will go. But if you can get committed to the house of God, to be here on Wednesdays, to be here at both services on Sundays, I mean, to be here at every single event, you'll never realize how much of an influence you were on people that maybe never even talked to you. Never even talked to you. You're just being faithful to the call. You're just saying, hey, God, you know what? This is what you have for me to do, and I'm going to do it with all my heart. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. In all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge you, and you're going to direct my path. And I'm going to keep following that path until Jesus either comes and gets me or he raptures me out of here, or I I just pass away in the sweet by and by and enter heaven that way. However it is, I'm going to be found to be a witness for Christ. You need to accept this role in the kingdom of God. Accept the role of of being a witness for Christ. Doing the right thing even when you don't feel like it. 1 Peter 4.10-11 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. What does that say? It says God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. He, and he says, use them well to serve one another. I lost my place. Praise the Lord. There we go. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? then do it with all your strength and all your energy that God will supply you to do it. Then everything you do, oh, come on now. Everything I do, everything you do will bring glory to God through the Christ that lives on the inside of you, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. God has given you, and it only lists a couple here, but it says a great variety of gifts. Great variety of gifts. There's people that you can talk to that I wouldn't be able to talk to. There's people that I could talk to that you wouldn't be able to talk to. I mean, they just wouldn't want to talk to a person like me for whatever it is. I mean, I know I'm a nice guy and all that kind of thing, but believe it or not, there's a couple out there that probably wouldn't want to talk to me. But no, seriously... You got to understand, I mean, I don't speak Spanish, and if there's somebody Spanish there, I, I don't understand their culture very well, I don't understand their language, like, I would I would not necessarily be the best person to talk to that and minister to that person, but that could be a gift that God begins to use you in, you see? It could be within your own culture. It could be within your own demographic. It could be within a lot of different things. It could be based on your background and how you were raised and all of those kinds of things. It could be a lot of different things. But the important thing is is that you are the witness, that you understand that I have a very distinctive set of gifts that God has given to me. And guess what, honey? They ain't going to work unless I work them. They aren't going to get developed unless I develop them. We used to have these old-fashioned cameras. Remember Pastor Barb, Jennifer, we'd take pictures, and then you'd have to take them to the little hut. That's what all of these uh, what Dutch brothers are now. That's how the the film places were. Everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy if they're under a certain age. But you pull up to the little hut... You know, and you'd have like five rolls of film there, and you'd be like, oh, I can't wait to get these back. You never got to see the pictures, guys, ever, until you got the, the, the stuff back. Then you realized your finger was in front of it. People had red eyes, looked like devils, you know. Yeah, sun shining directly into, you know. The flash was so blinding that everybody's whited out. But you could start like that, right? You could just start taking pictures like that, and you go, man, I'm the worst photographer there ever was. But you could develop a passion for taking pictures. You could develop a passion for taking pictures. And the more you'd practice taking those pictures, I promise you, the better you'd get. Better you get. Pretty soon, man, you'd be looking for people to minister to. You think, oh man, that just seems so far away. Like, oh my gosh, like I, I feel so so inadequate. Like, oh my gosh, like, oh, how would I do that? No, uh, I'm telling you, as much as you feel that way now you could feel like, I can't wait until I get over here because I'm going to minister to that person. I can't wait to get to church, not so I can get ministered to, but praise the Lord, there's probably someone there that needs Jesus. There's probably someone there that needs prayer. There's probably, oh, I don't know, you know, uh, the pastors pray for the people, you know. uh, I texted Pastor Barb and I said, could you please go over and pray for this person over at the hospital? And she had the nerve to tell me to go do it myself. <laughs> yeah, buddy. This is what it's all about. Like, you could develop a passion for ministry. You could ask God to reveal your gifts. You could literally do that. And maybe you would, if, you, if you knew what your gifts were and you could see the needs of others, maybe you wouldn't be so focused on your... Your own needs. If God takes care of the sparrow, he's going to take care of you, honey. I promise you that. He's going to take care of you. So once you know what your gifts are, you need to get out there and use them. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. Imagine the maker of heaven and earth just pointing at you right where you sit. You are the light of the world, a city on top of a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Nobody would ever do that unless you live in the United States of America and you're so fat and sassy and you got all the stuff that you ever wanted and you become so me-centered that you go and get a basket and put it over your lamp. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand. Where it gives light to everybody in their sur- in that immediate surrounding. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. It's time to take the basket off the light. It's time to take the rules off of how ministry can occur and when it can occur and and how it can occur and what can happen. You see, God's not a respecter of persons. What he'll do for one, and you've seen, I mean, you're talking about (laughs) unimaginable miracles that have happened in the Bible God's no respecter of persons. How he looks at Moses, he looks at you. How he looks at David, he looks at you. How he looks at at Paul the apostle, he looks at you. How he looks at Jesus, he looks at you. In fact, he goes so far, Jesus himself, greater things are you all going to do. Because I'm going to go back over here to my father. And I'm just going to ask you to go wait in an upper room. And when you do, I'm going to fill you with power. Power like you've never dreamed in your wildest imagination. And that call is still there. The anointing is still there. He still wants to fill you to overflowing. He wants you to be flowing with rivers of living waters. The kind of water that people would drink and they'd never thirst in that area of their life again. You have that power on the inside of you. And it's time to release it. So once you are in operation in your gifts, guess what? You still got to keep moving forward. Now you're going to make disciples. You are going to make disciples. You are going to be the minister. You don't need a title. No, 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 you don't need a title. You just need to go out in the name of Jesus. Jesus. There was a story in the Bible where, where, where these, these people were out uh, ministering in the name of Jesus, and they were getting miracles, and they were getting signs, they were getting wonders. And all of a sudden, the disciples came back, all nervous. Oh, Lord, you know, guess what we saw today? Well, we saw people out there ministering in your name, and people were getting healed and saved. And all kinds of stuff was going on. And he said, don't you ever forbid anyone at any time from going out and ministering in my name. And that word stands for you today. That stands for you today. But in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of every corner of the earth, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am always going to be with you even to the end of this age. Listen, uh, 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 John the Baptist was not real excited when Jesus showed up and said, you're going to baptize me. Do Do you know you've possessed the right to baptize people? Like you could have your own little pool party at your apartment complex, praise the Lord, rent out the, 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 the room thing over there, invite a whole bunch of people from the neighborhood and just bring them in there and they're all going to say, oh, wow, we're here for the party. Praise the Lord. You're in the right place at the right time. As soon as I'm talking to you, done talking to you, we're going out to the pool. We're going to have a pool party out here and I'm going to baptize every doggone one of you. Oh, man, now I know I'm stepping on some of your toes. Oh, no, only, only Pastor Say can, can do the baptisms. Praise the Lord. He's got it all down in the scriptures and all the stuff. He knows how to tell them how to hold their nose and all this. Get out of all that thinking. Get radical for Christ. I oh, wouldn't care if I had a puddle, praise the Lord. You want to get baptized? Glory to God. Let's get you baptized right here, right now. you got to destroy the rules. (laughs) Mr. Fox, you've been in third world countries. You don't always have all the luxuries, do you? If something's going to go down, it's just going to go down, isn't it? It's just going to go down. I don't know what you would do if you found a, a dead baby, but I know you guys did. I don't know what you'd do. American culture, you know, being proper and everything. The baby's dead. They had the unction and the Holy Spirit not to go look for a pastor, not go look for some other leader, not not go and look for a doctor, not do any of those things. Their immediate response was, let me take this baby over here and let me pray over this baby. And watch this baby recover, and it did. But listen, you got to develop a passion, right? (laughs) Otherwise, you're just going to call 911, right? (laughs) Praise the Lord, just call 911. The baby's dead. It was the last thing on their minds. Last thing on their minds because their passion was for Christ. So once you've made disciples, you got to continue to be the examples for others to follow. And I love how Paul put this, man, he is the, he is the man. He said, and you should imitate me as I imitate Christ. You should be like that confident, like you over there, get behind me and start following me and imitating what I'm doing. Oh man, now I've really stepped on some toes, haven't I? Like, come on, Pastor Paul, That's that Pastor Barb is that person, you know. We just follow her, and, and, and we're going to follow And you should. But man alive, you should have a line 10 deep behind you, leading them. You should be so bold as to be able to look at people that you're discipling. Now, you're responsible for them, by the way. You're responsible for them not just to lead them to Christ and, oh, praise the Lord, good luck to you, and bye-bye, glad that we did that. No, you're responsible for that person, and you need to be in touch with that person. You need to connect with that person. There's people that you were friends with in this church that have left this church, and they ain't going to church anywhere. Where's your heart? Go get them. Go get them. Just the idea that you recognize that they weren't here is probably reason enough for you to do something about it. Yeah, buddy. It's, it's a lot better than I'm getting in, 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 in amens, but praise the Lord. I hope I've stirred something up in you. You can also read in Hebrews 6, uh, 9 through 12. It uh, just talks about being confident in who you are in the Lord and, and all of that. But my last point tonight is you are endorsed by God to share his gospel with others. John 20, says, and he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. To do what? Miracles, signs, wonders. I mean liberating people everywhere all the time, all the time. Having a passion to deliver Christ to the lives of others. My closing scripture is this. Mark 16, 15 through 20. And then he told them, go into all the world... Preach the good news to everyone. Don't go out and tell them how bad they are. Don't go out there and beat up on them. Don't bring them, bring them through hellfire and brimstone. No, you go out there and you tell them good news about what Jesus has done. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Well, praise the Lord. I am the key to that person giving their life to Jesus Christ, and I can be the person that baptizes them right there on the spot. But if anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who are going to go out into all the world and preach the good news of the gospel. It says, they will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and they'll drink anything poisonous and it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they'll be healed. And when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven, sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand, meaning he ain't getting up again, guys. He ain't getting up to go do it again. He is entrusting you to go out and do it. And it says, and the disciples went every Everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. This is the Jesus who, who you serve, and this is the Jesus who endorses you, backs you up, man, a million percent don't get caught up whether they got healed or they didn't get healed. They got saved whether they didn't get saved. Praise the Lord, some will, will plant, some will water and some will reap that harvest. You just know that you that the word of God will not return void. And don't you ever give up on somebody. Don't you ever give up on their soul. You continue to minister to that person until they give their life to Jesus Christ once and for all, and they become the apostle. They become the pastor. They become the teacher. They become the evangelist. All of a sudden, someone who was lost, dying, going to hell, committed the most heinous sins on the face of this planet, persons liberated from all that, and they go out and they minister to the lives of people and all of a sudden they can be so bold as Paul and look at people some point in their life and look at people and say, you come and follow me as I follow Christ. Let me be your example. You be that example everywhere you go. We need to fill this church up with the lost. I need to smell the smell of marijuana and alcohol. I need crack addicts in here. I need prostitutes in here. I need people that need Jesus. I don't care where you go and get them. I need business leaders that are out there sleeping on their wives. I need women who are are destroyed. I mean, just don't even have a a reason for living. I need the person that's about to put the gun to their head and blow their brains out because I I can fill them. You can fill them with the power of Christ that lives on the inside of you. Do not be ashamed of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. Everybody bow your heads tonight because you're going to receive Christ tonight if you don't know him. I promise you that. And you're going to come back if you need to come back. And you're going to get ignited once again tonight. Heavenly Father, I just thank you and praise you for every person in this room. I thank you, Father God, that the passions and the enthusiasms begin to be awakened in them, Father God, of who they are, what their gifts are, this incredible dunamis power that lives on the inside of them. That, Lord God, it's not by might or it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. And all they need to do is have faith to believe in the Word of God. And the Word of God will do the work that no man can do. And it'll do it through these people, Lord God. Awaken that in them tonight. Some of you need to come back to Christ. This is your opportunity to do that. Some of you need to come to Christ in the first place. And this is your opportunity to do that. Some of you need to be reignited. And this is your opportunity to do that. Let's say this prayer prayer together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I give you my soul. I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit come live inside of me. God awaken in me the passions of Christ. To be his witness. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Keep your heads bowed just for a moment. If you came to Christ or you're coming back to Christ and you just did that, I just want you to lift your hand. Nobody's looking around. I see that hand. Hallelujah. If you have been re- reignited tonight with a new passion, Lift your hands to God just in acknowledgement that this is who you're going to become. This is what's going to happen in your life. Hands up all over this room. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go ahead and put your hands down. Praise the Lord. Eyes open looking around. This is your opportunity. The same thing that happened to you with Christ coming alive in you can happen for those around you. Don't doubt it, not for a second. Minister to those people. Be gentle with them be discerned. Pray before you get there. Ask God to use you in a supernatural way. And I promise you, he will. Amen. Hey, guys, uh, women, tomorrow night, don't forget, you got your event tomorrow night with Pastor Barb. Man, she's going to be laying hands on people. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow night. Um, and uh, we'll get you, get you men more information in, uh, about the event coming up in August. It's going to be a great event for us men as well. Otherwise, God bless you. Go and win someone for Christ. Bring them to church on Sunday. God bless you all.